Good morning. Welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour. This is your substitute teacher, Glenn Biddle, covering for Joe today. This is where you get economics and history with attitude. The contact number, 800-951-0592. The website, allamericangold.com. This is where you can be your own central banker and you can get legal, lawful, constitutional tender. So happy Friday once again. I am an actual teacher. Uh, Joe calls me the professor, and uh, as you might know, I guest host the show in the summer because I'm an actual teacher, 8th grade U.S. history. I'm not a red for ed guy. I'm not in the teacher's union, so that makes me a rare breed because I think I actually make decent money when you divide it by the 10 months that I actually work. Now, the other two months, I'm basically at the beach or at the shooting range, which leads me into telling you about our main topic today in the second segment, which will be the Second Amendment. Now, that is my wheelhouse. I am a retired Air Force combat arms instructor, firearms instructor. I'm also an NRA rifle, pistol, shotgun instructor, and a range safety officer. I can teach all levels of firearms instruction, and we'll talk about that later in the second segment. Now, today, I always like to do what the National Day calendar is. Today's National Daiquiri Day. This uh, traced its roots back to the Spanish-American War, and, you know, the, it's actually a pretty good drink to have, uh, you know, rum and some fruit juice. But here on Patriot Trading Group, if it's Friday, it's Jack Daniels Friday. So you've got to be able to make that daiquiri out of some Jack Daniels. It's too hot to go outside, so toss one back through your keys. Hide, hide your keys in your house. Don't go driving. Just sit back and drink a nice daiquiri and relax because it's entirely too hot. It is a scorcher here on the east coast i live in maryland our heat index is 115 now i know joe is rolling his eyes right now because it's like 115 there all the time but he has a dry heat i have a humid heat if i walk out my door it's like trying to part the red sea it, it is terrible humidity so it is actually worse now we've been giving away a lot of uh, operator caps up at the in uh, colorado on the colorado station and we haven't been able to give any away yet to the arizona listening group so uh, that number I just gave you, 800-951-0592, if we have uh, two multi-cam pattern camouflage operator hats to give away today, it have the Arizona flag. You can Velcro onto the front of it. You can pull it off, put it on there called morale patches. The first two callers to call 800-951-0592 that have an Arizona shipping address, you're going to get that hat. Okay, so once again, Arizona Operator Camouflage Hat Giveaway today. We have two available, 800-951-0592. The first two people to call in, you get that hat. I'll ship it to you. Uh, we'll make sure you get it to you. Um, and we'll probably give another hat away a little bit later. There's a, an issue that's just popped up, uh, another racism claim about another part of our history. And as a history teacher, it just drives me nuts. Okay, so remember the first two callers, 800-951-0592, you get those Arizona operator caps. All right, so Joe's been talking about the markets recently, and I tell you what, gold and silver have been on a tear. If we're looking at today, uh, gold's at 16, or excuse me, silver's at 1613, and gold's at 1425, so still very strong pricing there uh, for, for gold and silver. You need to get on that silver train because it's rolling okay today's special we have $20 gold pieces at $1,510 so go ahead and call 800-951-0592 no purchase necessary for the hat but if you want to buy a gold piece while you're at it that would be pretty cool too I think Joe would pretty smile about that so that would be sweet okay so um, once again we're going to talk about the second amendment today because it's, it's under siege in this country and there's there's no way around that 
Okay, we are a gold and silver company, but today we're also going to talk about steel, aluminum, brass, and lead because they are also precious metals uh, when when the fecal matter hits the rotary oscillator. And, and you know, if it's, not everybody needs to be a gun owner. You can have one if you want, not have one. It's up to you. It's a personal choice. It's, it's the right enshrined to us and given to us by the Founding Fathers in the Bill of Rights, the Second Amendment. It is constantly under attack. There's always a challenge in some court or a state that, that passes some law. That, like in Colorado, they have the red flag law. In Maryland, we have the red flag law where you, know, you could you could have your guns taken away because someone thinks you're you're nuts or you're a threat. And sometimes these are, are specious claims that that aren't true, and you really have no way to fight it in, until well after the, the uh, uh, claim has been put against you. In Maryland, we actually had a gentleman that was killed when the police went to his house to serve a red flag law uh, order on him. It was early in the morning, and he was startled, and he thought like people were breaking into his house, and, and it, it, the police shot him, and it, it's pretty scary. Um, I know in the Colorado radio station, they've, they've uh, definitely been fighting against this. Rod Brandenburg, one of our great advertisers up there, they had Ted Nugent come in and help the local sheriff to fight this red flag law. So... That's, that's something that we really need to think about and take a look out of, at today, and then we're going to do that in the second segment. All right, so we looked at markets. Um, one other thing that, that, that's also, you know, we, we talk about the, the, that next hat I'm going to give away. It's the Don't Tread on Me Gaston flag. Okay, Chris Pratt, I don't know if you know him. He's the actor, the famous actor. I think he's married to a Schwarzenegger child, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. He was pictured wearing a, an American flag, but it had the Don't Tread on Me Gadsden, the snake, superimposed onto that T-shirt. And apparently Yahoo News called him out on it, TMZ, the, the uh, online uh, gossip channel basically called him out on it, saying that it represents racism. Now, Chris Pratt's a pretty patriotic guy. Uh, there's no way, I don't think there's a racist bone in his body. And once again, we see our history just being dragged through the mud. We had the whole issue with Nike and, and the uh, Betsy Ross sneakers, you know, at the 4th of July. I, I think that's terrible marketing for Nike, although maybe Nike has written off the older generation that just wants to go after the younger generation. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Second Amendment, second to none. So hang on. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jack Daniels Friday. Hey, welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour. This is your substitute teacher, Glenn Biddle. Joe calls me the professor. 800 Well, what a difference two minutes makes on the, over the break. We're going to give you that $20 gold piece, $10 cheaper. So $1,500 for the $20 gold piece. So that lets you save 10 bucks. So that's a good deal. Okay, so we are going to talk about the uh, Second Amendment. And, I, and now as a U.S. history teacher... I cover the Bill of Rights extensively in the first unit each year of my class. You know, we're doing the Constitution, Bill of Rights, ratification, all those things. Okay, so I go amendment by amendment and talk about the origin of the amendment, you know, why we have it, why is it included in the Bill of Rights, the wording, and how it protects American civil rights. And we also discuss the relevant Supreme Court cases from the amendments and how the amendment has been affected by those different court decisions. Okay, we have a little clip we're going to play for you that kind of gives a, a good overview of the Second Amendment. And then after we hear that clip, we're just going to plow right into it and see why there's so much controversy over it. Okay, Jason, can you play the clip, please? 
A topic of much debate here in the 21st century United States is the Second Amendment. Many people have questions about what it means, what the people who wrote it intended it to mean, and does it still apply today? Well, sit tight, because over the next few minutes, I hope to answer any questions that you may have on the Second Amendment. Let's start with the actual words of the Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The structure of that sentence is a little foreign to us here in the 21st century, as we no longer speak in such a manner. There's talk about a militia, the state, bears, and arms. Opponents of an individual's right to bear arms will automatically gravitate to the words well-regulated militia, and generally, without any context, order the words 18th century meaning. In order to understand the context, you have to transport yourself back to the minds of the framers in 1788 and you have to understand their language. You have to first understand that they had just fought a war with the tyrannical British government for independence. A war that was fought for five years. A war that was fought with firearms and a war that was ignited when the British attempted to seize the colony's guns. With the war fresh in their minds, and America a loose conglomerate of individual states, the people of the continent realized the need to unite together to form a union. Unfortunately, a union could mean the very same tyranny all over again if power was placed in the hands of just a few. So the framers explicitly set forth to pen the founding documents in a manner as to limit the power of the government and give it to the people. So I ask this question, who is regulating the militia? Why would the framers call for the regulation of a militia by the government if their express intent was to give the power to the people? The answer is quite simply, they didn't. You see the phrase well regulated doesn't refer to the definition to control or supervise by means of rules and regulations. It was a common phrase in the late 18th century whose meaning was closer to operating properly or functioning. A clock that kept good time in the era was said to be well regulated. So the Second Amendment called for a functioning militia, and the next thing that's uttered out of the mouths of opponents is, only the militia can have firearms. That was the intent. So if the militia are the only people to have firearms, who are the militia? George Mason, the father of the Bill of Rights, said it most succinctly when arguing for the ratification of the Constitution in Virginia in 1788. He said, I ask, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people, except for a few public officials. The whole people, everybody, you, me, your neighbors, everybody. You can even further understand the meaning of the word militia by looking at the wording of the Second Amendment as it worked its way through Congress. The version that was sent from the House to the Senate on August 24, 1788 reads, A well-regulated militia, being composed of the body of the people, being the best security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. They understood the right of the people to keep and bear arms as inalienable, or a right a person has simply by existing. This wasn't even a matter of question. One thing the framers understood was that future corrupt politicians would twist and misconstrue words to fit their political agendas. Furthermore, they even feared penning the right would give future generations the opportunity to bastardize the words they wrote. So after much debate, and to the best ability of the framers with the language of the time, the final version emerged from the House on September 21, 1789. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So a functioning militia consisting of all the people is necessary to the security of a free state. What is that state? 
Was it Virginia? Massachusetts? The entire Union? Just like the phrase well-regulated, free state can be construed to mean a number of things. But again, what did the founders intend? Simply put, free state was used in 18th century political discourse to mean free country. The phrase was not used to refer to any particular government entity. It referred to the free people themselves. In modern terms, the first statement in the Second Amendment, if written in today's language, might read, A well-functioning militia composed of every person is necessary to a free country. The part that comes next cannot be misconstrued, even today. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. There are two distinct statements. Well-armed people are necessary to the security of a free country. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And from the ratification of the U.S. Constitution to round about the 1934 National Firearms Act, the phrase, shall not be infringed, was respected and understood. While the founders may not have fathomed the types of weapons that exist today, did they limit themselves at fighting the British with muskets? No. They not only used muskets, but 24-pound cannons, 12-pound cannons, 8-inch howitzers, 5.5-inch howitzers, and the list goes on. In other words, they fought the British like for like. Since we know that the founders feared the newly formed government eventually might become tyrannical, if you look logically at the situation and ask yourself honestly, you know the answer as to the types of weapons that should be available to the public. I again point to, shall not be infringed. Much the same as you would never argue the First Amendment doesn't extend to a computer because computers didn't exist in the 18th century, the intent of the Second Amendment is the same. Also, the last time I checked, the politicians are still humans. For all the folks out there that say the Second Amendment is outdated, I assume that men are no longer corruptible. I assume that over the past century, the hundreds of millions of people who have died because they were unarmed didn't die by the hands of corrupt men. I assume, as the tentacles of government reach into every moment of your lives, things will never go wrong. If you try to make that argument, I'll first call you a fool, and then I'll point you to these words. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And lastly, for the detractors, check out the links below for the sources and further information. For the rest of us, make sure everyone knows what I just said, and please share this video. All right, so there you have it. So there's two distinct parts of the Second Amendment. Both the pro-gun and the anti-gun sides place all their emphasis and hang their hats on those two parts of the amendment. We'll go into that in a second. Now, after listening to that clip, that makes you just want to get on that phone and grab, call in and get one of those hats. We've already given one of the Arizona hats away. We've got another one available, 800-951-0592. They're free. Call. It's, it's coming out of my my pocket. It's, I want to do this for you, the listener. To, to spread your patriotism because we need to do it okay also that don't tread on me hat the boonie hat uh i'm going to give that one away now too so call 800-951-0592 get your hat show your freedom all right so let's take a look at that the amendment again a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of free state comma this separates the two parts of it the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed so what we end up getting is a collective view this is the anti-gun side, which means that the National Guard, the Army, the police, well, they're allowed to have guns. Okay. Now, what's interesting is, let's say the, the police officer uh, works his eight-hour shift, 
does he have to leave his gun at the station and go home and or or go home and not have personal guns? Is is that what they're trying to say? I don't think that side wants to get pressed on that, but I think that's their ultimate goal. And then you have the individual view. This is the pro-gun side. The militia is the people, individual ownership. So this is where we are with the divide in the country over the Second Amendment. Okay, so who are the people? They have to be the same people as they listen to all the other amendments, like the first, you know, especially the First Amendment, freedom of speech. I mean, that that's incredible. Now, there's two major Supreme Court decisions, and these are recent. The first one is D.C. versus Heller. Now, this case was was the ruling came down with a split decision, five to four, in favor of an individual right for a person to have a firearm that is not connected to the militia. Now, the problem with this ruling was it was in the District of the Columbia, and it's not a state. So it does not incorporate that right down to the state. So it took another case that was in a state, that's McDonald versus Chicago, so Illinois. Once again, another 5-4 to four decision. So, and, and what the way that was ruled was that uh, you, you, uh, the protection of the Second Amendment does go now to the state level. Okay, so the, federal, the protections of the Second Amendment at the federal level now go to the state level. And that's at least on paper because a lot of these politicians in these states are still passing some severe restrictive gun control. Okay. The anti-gun side wants you to think that it's only about duck hunting and not being able to protect yourself, from, a, but it's actually to protect yourself against a tyrannical government. And, this, and you know, the politicians just try to dumb it down. You know, In fact, either they don't know what the Second Amendment means or they know exactly what it means and they don't want you to know what it means. Okay. They're always saying, oh, yeah, I support the Second Amendment, but no. There's no buts, okay? The Second Amendment was decided when it went into the Bill of Rights, so there's no more debate about it. Uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, she is quoted here as saying, if I had just gotten one more vote, I would have banned assault rifles. Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them in. Now, can you imagine if those two Supreme Court cases, the five to four decisions that went in favor of individual ownership, had gone the opposite way? What if they had gone five to four against individual ownership. Does that mean that everyone has to turn their gun in because they no longer have an individual right? That That's crazy to think that, that we would do that. Okay, I don't think people would turn them in, quite frankly. Okay, you will see a lot of we will not comply people out there. And then the government likes to do these buybacks, you know, with, with your money, by the way. Um, and, and they're using your money to buy your legally owned gun back, and they will use it, your tax money, basically, to disarm you. So it's, it's actually crazy. Now, if it is truly a collective right, then why does the United States government sell rifles to civilians? They're the C- Civilian Marksmanship Program is a government chartered organization at Camp Perry, Ohio, and also the Addison Army Depot in Alabama. Now, if you qualify, you can buy an actual government M1 Grand rifle and, or a 45 caliber pistol from the Civilian Marksmanship Program, and their website is odcmp.com, and you can go on there and own a piece of history. It's great. The rifles are turned over to the CMP from the government, the, the Army, and then they can sell them at mostly collectors. I bought a, two or three M1 grants from them, and uh, they're, they're very fun to shoot. Now, what's the origin of the Second Amendment? Well, it goes back to Lexington and Concord. Remember the Minutemen, Paul Revere's famous ride. You know, the British are coming. Actually, he never said that. He actually said that the regulars of the Redcoats are coming. Now, General Gage's orders were to arm the populace the shot heard round the world. Now, this happened in Massachusetts, which was the start of the American Revolution. Now, 
if we fast forward up to 2019, Massachusetts is one of the most tax and gun controlled states in the country. Now, this is the birthplace of the revolution. How ironic is that? That is crazy to think that, that the place where we started our American Revolution is now uh, at least 180 degrees out. Uh, highly tax. This is that was the origin also of Romney Care, which was the the uh, socialized medicine. And what what's going on in our country? New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, Maryland, all the original thirteen. You know, not all of them, but a lot of the original thirteen colonies, the first thirteen states, now have some very restrictive gun control. We've gone so far from our roots, from our history, and this is why today that when Nike wants to play this game with the Betsy Ross flag or TMZ and Yahoo want to play the game with the Gadsden flag, the younger people don't know any better. Well, they know better in my classroom. All right, it's half time. We'll be back. Hang on with us. We'll see you on the flip side. Patriot Radio News Hour. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, deny freedom of religion, slander America, and would redefine the family. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. As Democrats scramble to gain traction for a 2020 presidential run against Donald Trump, they reveal just how convoluted their rhetoric can be. Representative Eric Swalwell essentially apologized for being a white man running for president. As atonement for his sin against the gods of political correctness, he promised to pass the mic to people of other identities and promised to pick a woman as his running mate if he gets the nomination. This doesn't only show how crazy Swalwell is. His promises are aimed at the Democrat Party as a whole. He's pandering to what the vast majority of Democrats believe so he can get the nomination. The idea of passing the mic is deeply un-American. He's saying people like him do not have the right to speak out about certain issues. In America, we acknowledge the right of everyone to have a voice. We don't say only farmers get to have a voice about farm subsidies. We don't say only gun owners get to have a voice about gun laws. No, we believe every citizen is entitled to their opinion on every issue. We don't need to pass the mic to anyone. Besides, do you really think a President Swalwell would pass the mic to one of the millions of pro-life women living in America? He's only going to give a voice to a woman who agrees with him completely about killing unborn children. He wants to use women and minorities as his puppets to convey the message he wants. There's nothing inclusive about that. Then there's this whole nonsense about making a woman his running mate. Of course, there's nothing wrong with a woman running for vice president. The nonsense is that Swalwell is making this pledge long before he knows who this female running mate will be. He's telling the nation that his running mate is not going to be chosen based on her skills and experience, but because she's a woman. This is demeaning and sexist to its core. And by the way, he's sending a message that qualified men need not apply. This kind of talk may go over great with leftist Democrats, but it's un-American to the very core. Don't be fooled by so-called inclusive rhetoric. There's nothing inclusive about it. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Political correctness is no longer simply about restricting speech. This tool for tyranny has led to employees being fired, pastors silenced, small businesses closed, and truth suppressed. Thankfully, the politically correct can't censor the work at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you, at phyllisschlafly.com. 
and thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. And welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour. This is Glenn Biddle sitting in for Joe today. It's Second Amendment Friday. I'm on a roll here. We remember we have those twenty dollars gold pieces for fifteen hundred dollars. You can give us a call at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Take advantage of that. Gold is on an elevator, and it's get ready to go. Okay, you, you can look at the economy and see that it's not everything they're telling you that it is. If you trust the Federal Reserve to give you guidance, they missed the housing bubble. Yeah, they missed everything, and then they're like, oh well, you know, wasn't their fault. So. Be your own central banker. Take care of it yourself. We're talking about the Second Amendment today. Uh, we still have a Arizona operator cap available. Give us a call, 800-951-0592. Get that don't tread on me booty cap, uh, the Gaston flag that now apparently is racist, according to Yahoo News. Who gets their news from Yahoo News anymore? I, I don't understand that. Why would you even? It's probably on a fifth-grade reading level. Anyway, we're going to shift gears now into training. Now, what you need to think about, if, if, if you have a firearm, uh, what what do you have? Like, you know, to kind of take an inventory in your mind of what you have, and what do you want to do with it, okay? And, and if you don't have a gun, that's fine. You know, you're welcome to have a gun, welcome not to have a gun. I'm not telling you what you need to do. It's up, it's up to you. You be you, okay? Um, are you looking to do self-defense? Are you looking to do concealed carry? Are you, you know, willing to do open carry? You have to look at the laws in your area to figure out what you can do. Do you want to do target shooting? Do you want to do sporting clays, skeet or trap shooting? Um, hunting. You know, I, I always say that, that hunting is the uh, hunting and target shooting are the icing on the cake to the Second Amendment. It's not about duck hunting. It's about preventing a tyrannical government from coming after you. And as we see, the government is encroaching upon us more and more and more every day, whether it's coming after our, well, you know, the Fed's taking 2% of your, your, mo- your value of your money every year. You know, the, the taxes aren't really going down that much, if you think about it. Uh, federal, the government hasn't gotten any smaller. So, what, and if, if, my gosh, if this whole cast of characters that are running for office uh, get in there, they are going to go after your gun. So you need to think about this. This is a topical item that we need to, to cover today. Okay. Now, um, also, modern sporting rifles. Now, this is what is the correct term for what are called like the black guns, the AR-15s, the AKs, those things like that. They're always called assault weapons by the anti-gunners, and it's a, it's a mislabeling. Assault weapons are capable of fully automatic fire, and they are always misnamed on purpose because they want, they want the average American who's really not into this to think, oh, my gosh, these guys have fully automatic weapons? Well, no one should have a fully automatic weapon. Now, believe it or not, you can actually own a fully automatic weapon in the United States, but you have to jump through a lot of hoops to do it. Number one, they're very expensive. Number two, you have to go through a year-long background check. You have to fill out a Form 4. You have to pay a $200 tax stamp, federal gov- uh, fingerprints. You have to get your local uh, law enforcement officer to sign off on it. You know, it, it is a, It's hard to do. Um, I've gone through it with suppressors. Uh, ultimately, I'd love to have a fully automatic weapon, but that's not in the cards right now. Okay, so we, it, it's it's up to you what you want to do with this. You have a gun, don't have a gun. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a firearm, you need to do for yourself, for your family, for your neighbors around you. You need to be able to safely use that firearm. Safety is paramount. Okay, paramount. Okay, if possible, first you need to know how it works. Okay, how to load it, how to cycle it, how to clear stoppages, immediate action, reloading and then marksmanship, okay? So you need to know how the gun works, how to take it apart, put it together, you know, figure, you know, clean it, all those things, and then marksmanship. 
and sometimes you know you're going out on your own you don't know what you're doing you could watch a youtube video <laughs> but that's not the same as actually doing it now there are a lot of instructors out there i'm an instructor um you need to check them out okay look at their reviews what are, what's their demeanor are they the drill sergeants uh you know you don't want to that's, I, I find that to be kind of putting off i wouldn't want that okay what's their cost how long is their classes and there's some there's some places you can go you can go for a full week you can shoot a couple thousand rounds in a week and and learn a lot i mean but that's that's not necessarily the beginner class. That's that's more of a uh, advanced class. Okay, uh, what skill level are you? Um, where do you want to be? Uh, there are NRA courses out there. You can there, you can actually go online and find a course near you. Uh, the big thing is muscle memory, and you you need to practice weekly if you can. Um, I I shoot every week and at least monthly, and you need to challenge yourself. Um, shoot with friends. It's a great social social activity. Um, it was 100 degrees here on Wednesday. I was out with my art teacher from high school and my son. We shot three rounds of skeet. We had a great time. We tried to do it every Wednesday. Thursday night's my range night at my local gun club where I'm the vice president. I'm down there every Thursday night shooting, loving it. Um, I shoot about 2,000 rounds a week, but I'm always on the range, either instructing or shooting and or training myself. And I do this in the rain, the snow, the heat, the cold, low-light situations. I run through scenarios. I'm always doing something to make myself better. Now, my eyesight's getting not as good as it was. Uh, my reaction to, you know, I'm getting to be an old guy, uh, you know, so I have to work harder. And like last night I was shooting, it was 100 degrees. I had sweat rolling through my eyes. I, you know, it, you need to practice in these situations because you never know when you might have, have to use that firearm. Okay? Even if you're hunting, it's going to be sometimes extreme cold or, or extreme heat or rain. You, know, you have to be able to function in that type of environment. So training is very important, and the police have to do this too. Train, they have to train all the time because uh, they're, when you watch TV shows, it, it's so fake. You know, they're always shooting the gun out of the bad guy's hand. That, that's not how police are trained. Police are trained to shoot center mass to stop the threat. That's what they're trained to do. You're looking at Tier 1 Special Forces, SEALs, Rangers, and and. That, that Delta Force probably that could, can do that, but they're still going to do a center mass shot in most cases to stop the threat. So all these crazy trick shots you see on TV and in the police shows and the movies, that's not realistic at all. So uh, don't go into the shooting sports that that's how you need to be. You don't. You just need to be able to hit the center mass of a target with a pistol at hopefully 15 to 20 yards and with a rifle hopefully at 100 yards, and that will suit you well. You will, you will do fine with that. Um, and and that's where you kind of it's, it's all muscle memory. You have to get out there and shoot as much as you you can because it's a perishable skill. Um, just taking a box of fifty rounds out to the range once a month, uh, okay, that's okay, but that's not the preferred thing you need to do because if you are a concealed carry holder, you need to be able to draw that gun without looking at it. You need to be able to put the gun back into your holster without looking at it. Uh, that, that's muscle memory. I think Tiger Woods would go out for hours and just do putting all day long, and he would hit the driving range. But that muscle memory, and you, you just need to have the ergonomics of, of whatever firearm you're using. You need to know where your hands are, where things work on the gun, the safety, the magazine release. Those are just things you have to pick up by practice, by practice, by practice, by practice. Okay, and at home you need to have a gun safe. Keep it locked up if you can. You know, if you have small children something very important to you have to kill the curiosity of the firearm to that child 
because uh, it, it's a danger. You know, it's just like a, a power saw. You wouldn't leave a plugged-in power saw somewhere where a kid could get to it. Well, same thing. You wouldn't leave a loaded gun sitting around that a kid could get to. All right. We are coming up on our next segment. We're going to talk about prepping and firearms next and what can you do with your firearms. So we'll be right back, 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour, Jack Daniels Friday. And welcome back to the Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. We have one of those Arizona operator hats left. Now, Arizonans, this camouflage hat will work in the desert, too. It's multicam. Our soldiers wear these in the desert, so they're not. you're not going to stick out with a green you know, cactus on your head. It's going to look pretty cool in the desert, this hat. So we have one left, 800-951-0592. Call in and grab that hat. We also have the $20 gold pieces at $1,500. That's a great deal. So we're talking about the Second Amendment. We've gone over the origins of it, you know, the Supreme Court cases, the two different aspects of pro-gunners versus anti-gunners, the collective versus the individual rights. We talked about training. And now we're going to talk about some prepping. If, you know, if, if you're a prepper, uh, we have a great show on the KHNC uh, show in Colorado, Prepping 2.0 on the weekend with Glenn Tate. Now, he is an expert on this um, and also with, with firearms. Uh, now, the big thing about prepping is, is are you going to be able to shelter in place, stay where you are, or are you going to have to bug out? Now, the key thing is how much ammunition and how many guns are you going to be able to take with you and how much ammo should you have on hand? Well, that's a personal choice. Ultimately, it comes down to how much can you carry or how much can you load out on a car? Um, you know, do you have storage points at a bug-out location? Um, you know, have you broken up your ammunition supply, or do you have it all at your house? It, uh, that's a decision you have to make. You have to figure out what you're going to do with that. Okay. Um, sometimes Now, this is what really works well with our Patriot Trading Group. Um, you could barter... The fractional material that we sell, that utility silver or those 10-ounce gold pieces, that gold and silver, you could barter that for ammunition if you had to. You could barter that for firearms. You know, it's always good to have, okay? Or somebody, you know, the reverse. You, you could sell guns for that type thing, too. But um, you just need to think about that. Um, that's a great thing to have because in a, in a collapsing society, uh, you may not have access to your ATM. You may not have access to your bank. Uh, you could, have, you know, you could have the the bank shut down. Um, so you need to think about that. Um, so bare bones, um, just minimum things. I think you need to have. Now, I'm not endorsing any one brand here over another. This is just standard firearms that are out there. Uh, probably should have uh, an 870 Remington 870 shotgun or a Mossberg 500. They're the two most common 12 gauge pumps that are out there. Uh, 12 gauge or 20 gauge, up to you. Uh, what you want to do with that? A revolver or a semi-automatic pistol. Okay. Now, once again, there's many brands there, and and you know people get so hung up on branding with with firearms. Uh, if you go into a gun store, they might try to push you into a gun that they've got a bunch of that they want to get rid of. You know, it may not be the best gun for you. It needs to fit your hand. Um, you need to go into a reputable dealership so that they can work with you and fit you correctly. Um, also, you want to have a bolt-action rifle, possibly either a 22 or a hunting caliber uh, bolt-action rifle. 
And then a utility 22 rifle. There's lots of 22 rifles out there. Just top of my head, there's a Smith and Wesson M&P 1522, which is like an AR-15, the same ergonomics to it. So if you're used to shooting a a regular, uh, you know, modern sporting rifle like that, it works very good. The Ruger 1022 is also a, 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 and there's Marlin 22. There's so many different brands out there. But those are the standard ones. You also want to kind of stick to standard calibers as well. Um, You don't want to get real exotic with ammunition because, Anywhere you go in the world, you could probably find 308 ammunition or 30 out 6 ammunition or the 7.62 by 39 or the 223 to 5.56 for the for some of the um, modern sporting rifles. So you kind of want to stick with a standard cartridge that, that is available, you know, around to you. Um, you need to know your local law. Um, you, you need to know your storage uh, safe storage on you, like you, what, where, your wear and carry laws, also transporting in a vehicle, what can and can't you do in your state, that's very important to know, because if you have to bug out, that can be an interesting experience, you know. Uh, also, if uh, you have to go to a refugee center, some of those, or a shelter, some of those will not allow guns in there, so and some won't even allow pets. So, um, one thing that they teach police officers, if you go to a domestic call, they say there's always a gun there. That's the police officer's gun. So if you are armed, there is always a gun present. So you need to be aware of that, okay? Uh, that gun can, can be your safety mechanism. It can be your safety net, but you don't want to be get overpowered and have someone take that gun from you because then you're on the wrong side of the gun. Now, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And this is can you or, or do you, okay? Can you do these things? These are things you just need to be able to do. Now, do you know your local state laws on personal and vehicle transportation for firearms? You need to know those because they're very technical in some states. Um, can you take your firearm apart, clean it, and reassemble it without watching a YouTube video? That's how I've gotten some guns back together that I didn't, wasn't familiar with. But can you do this on your own, clean it, take it apart, reassemble it, maintain it without using a YouTube video? Can you load it at 3 a.m. out waking up out of a dead sleep? You know, can can you get that gun in operating fashion, ready to go when you're not at 100% awake? Okay, can you do that? Can you clear a malfunction? Can you clear a stoppage? Do you know how to clear your weapon? Now, when I was a firearms instructor in the military, we would teach basic rifle marksmanship to the you know the young sailor or airmen rather for in the Air Force, also did it in the Army. Um, they would look at me and like, hey. Uh, Sir, my gun's broken. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? Immediate action. Fix it. I'm not going to be there when you're downrange to hand your gun to, to for somebody to fix it. You've got to be able to do it yourself, and you walk them through it, you know, and, and get them to feel comfortable with it. So can you do that? Can you handle a malfunction? Okay. Um, can you hit center mass of a target with a pistol at 15 to 20 yards? Can you do that? Center mass. You don't have to be all like what looks like one bullet hole there, but can you hit the center mass of that target at 15 to 20 yards? Can you hit center mass of a target at 100 yards with a rifle, open sights or scope? Okay. Do you have situational awareness and mindset to be armed? Now, this is this is tricky here, okay? Um, situational awareness is when you're walking into a restaurant, you know, assessing threats. Maybe you don't want to sit with your back to the door, things like that. And mindset, what happens if you actually have to pull that trigger someday? You need to be prepared for that. Okay, It's going to be a life-changing experience if it happens. All right, when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. We're going to look at the markets again. Hopefully we have the hat given away. 
and we're going to do this day in history. So stand by. I'll catch you on the flip side. I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. Well, I really like the 22 now. 45 lever with the Winchester tag. I like my double barrel. Had it most of my life. 357 was a present for my wife. I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. What a great song. That pretty much is my theme song. So we just talked about some questions in the previous segment. Can you or do you, you know, type things. If you answered no to any of those or, you know, a couple of them, probably you need to get some training. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you go ask for help from somebody. Learn to use the, the firearm the correct way. Um, and, and it's more going to be more enjoyable for you if you can can safely shoot and, and mark and accurately shoot and have fun and become confident with that firearm because the more confident you are with that firearm, the better your marksmanship is going to get. There's no doubt about that. Remember, muscle memory, go as often as you can. Uh, it's not cheap. I'm going to tell you that right now. I think you should have at least a 1,000 rounds for every firearm that you have uh, because if you're constantly training, you're going to go through that ammunition. The UPS man hates me because every time he pulls up, he's calling the 100 pounds of ammunition up to my door and he's like, what are you doing all this? I said, I burned through it quite quickly. That's why you keep showing up here every couple of weeks. You know, and he, he just laughs. He, I don't know if he's laughing, um, funny laughing, or if he's laughing like nervous laughing. And But uh, I'm one of the most stable people you can get, so so it's all, all good. All right, so let's take a look at this day in history. We actually have a gun-themed this day in history at one point. Okay, so uh, first thing, the Rosetta Stone, a tablet with hieroglyphic translations into Greek, is found in Egypt. Uh, this happened when Napoleon was uh, in in Egypt. Uh, his men unearthed the Rosetta Stone, and then the British came and took it from him and uh, brought it back, and they were able to decipher it. The way they found out, there was Greek, Demotic, which is kind of a shorthand, and then hieroglyphics. They found the the family name Ptolemy on in the Greek, and they were able to figure it out based off of that how to how to crack the code of hieroglyphics. Uh, so that's pretty cool, the Rosetta Stone. Um, in 14 or 1942, rather, German U-boats are withdrawn from positions off the U.S. Atlantic coast due to American anti-submarine countermeasures. Basically, this was the magnetron. Basically, we found the, the German submarines, and they had to push them back. And uh, we were able to do convoy systems to get uh, critical uh, cargo over to England and Europe. Um, Apollo and Soyuz spacecraft dock in orbit in 1975. I remember watching that. I was 10 years old. That was so cool to see that. Uh, born today, Samuel Colt, gunmaker, inventor of the first practical revolver. When he went to sell his idea to an investor, he was sitting at a round table, and he had six shot glasses on the table. And he just rotated the table around to the investor and said, this is how my gun works. And he got the idea. His father pretty much sent him off as an indentured servant onto his ship. And he saw the steering, the, you know, the, the wheel on the ship uh, that, that steered the boat. And that's how he got the idea for the revolver. And he invented basically the first practical revolver that actually worked and didn't blow up in your hand, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Lizzie Borden, teacher and famous murder suspect born today. Uh, Charles Mayo, the uh, founder of the Mayo Clinic, born today. And let's see who else. Uh, George McGovern, U.S. Senator and presidential candidate today. All right, so let's take a look at some other things. Uh, 
gold special. We have, remember, we have the $20 gold piece at $1,500. Uh, great, great special. Call in 800-951-0592 to jump onto that. Also, on the Colorado Front Range News Hour this afternoon, Fake News Friday's back. Hey, I am throwing some hard stories at these guys. Tune in to 1350KHNC.com. You can stream in. See if Brian gets his butt kicked today by the guest. If the guest wins, the guest gets a roll of dimes, silver dimes. So Fake News Friday is back at 1350KHNC.com. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Joe will be back on Monday.